Hello and welcome to the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast. My name is Ryan Johnson, and once again, I got Paul Johnson on with me today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm grateful to be here. All right. Um, if you haven't listened to the last few, I've got Dan Peiser on with me. I've had Paul. Uh, it's great, great information. Uh, so go make sure and check out our past podcasts. Um, you can even watch it on YouTube if you're if you wonder what Dan looks like. If you wonder what Paul looks like. Uh, Paul and I are cousins, so if it, it, I know you've seen me, so if see if there's a uh, a connection, if if we look similar, uh, make that judgment. So go ahead and check us out on YouTube as well. Find that link in the description below. So uh, <clears throat> no spoilers today. No spoilers today. <laughs> um, something that uh, we've dealt with. I've had well people have dealt with is is the complexity it is to get registered in a state I know when 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 staff start on with us that's kind of where they get introduced to sales tax returns is getting registered and helping with the mailing of the returns because you really get introduced to a sales tax returns and you know the different wording on them, what they mean. But when you get on to do a sales tax registration form, they're asking you like, do you want to sign up for the sales tax return? Do you want to sign up for the seller's use tax return? Do you want to sign up for the use tax? Which one do you want to get registered for? And you're like, sales tax? But sometimes that's not the right answer. So Paul, I am hoping that you can clear the confusion for us today. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to set everybody straight, but uh, just in general, in generality, uh, it's just a matter of of how you're doing business in that state that determines the check this box, do not check this box. How do you register in the state, and what do you register for? Is a common, common question, and it's a complexity that um, at Pfizer Johnson we we specialize in. We've been doing sales and use tax registrations for since we started uh, back in 92 uh, it hasn't been a as large of a um, portion of our business um, historically as it has been now as we've um, really gotten into doing a lot more of the registrations um, especially with the wafer changes that have come out uh, a lot more people are getting registered um, and so there's there's constant changes and then especially as you you talk about uh, registering as a marketplace facilitator. Do I register as a marketplace seller? Do I register as a regular seller? How do I register? I mean, there's so many complexities that um, can't be uh, addressed all on a on a quick uh, podcast. But just in general, the difference between a sales tax, a seller's use tax, or a remote seller um, or a consumer's use. Uh, generally speaking, you'll register for a sales tax. Uh, specifically sales tax in that state if you're located in that state and, and make sales from a location within the state. So um, a common example that we run into is, is Amazon. If I sell on Amazon and my, my inventory is stored in, in a California or an Illinois warehouse, um, how, how, am I, how do I register in that state? Well, because you're, you've got a warehouse where sales are shipped from, um, more than likely than not, you're going to register as a sales tax with sales tax and remit that sales tax based on 
the intrastate transaction that occurred from California to California, from Illinois to Illinois. And also if you've got people, customers who are coming to pick up product from your location, then that's going to impact how you register because you're going to register for a sales tax. You're going to add that location to your sales tax registration. But if you take uh, another state, <clears throat> let's say Alabama, for example, and you don't have any business in Alabama, but you've exceeded their economic nexus threshold, you get registered. Uh, so you're going to register as a remote seller in the state of Alabama. You're not going to register for sales tax. You, you could register for seller's use, or you could more, more than likely what you'll register for is a simplified seller's use tax registration in Alabama. By doing that, you complete a different registration and you get registered as a different type of taxpayer doing business in the state of Alabama because you don't have any sales or anything originating inside the state of Alabama, then you wouldn't register for a sales tax registration. You'd register for an out-of-state sales tax, probably referred to as seller's use or simplified seller's use tax registration. The last registration or the, the, the last of the three that I'll cover today is that consumer's use tax registration. Now a consumer's use tax, don't get confused with a vendor's use or a retailer's use or a seller's use, a consumer's use. True use tax is where you purchase something in the state or you give something away in the state, a promotional item. Now, we have clients who do a lot of promotional giveaways or samples and so they'll ship them, uh, catalogs, product, what have you, shirts, um, when they acquire them, they don't pay tax on them. They simply buy them for resale. Well, they didn't resell them, so they have to self-assess or emit use tax on those products that are either used and consumed inside the state where they purchase them or used and consumed inside the state where they ship them to the customer. Again, it just depends on the state and how that transaction occurs. And so when you register for use tax, true use tax, Consumers use tax, that's what that's all about. I need to register, and so in order for me to calculate, self-assess, or emit use tax to that state based on these products I'm purchasing where I didn't pay tax, but taxes do. So those are the three main types of registrations that we'll complete at Pizer Johnson. Um, we also do Secretary of State registrations. We do income tax registrations, withholding registrations. Registrations in general will assist on all levels, uh, but more times than not, we're doing sales and use tax registrations that vary based on the business operations of where inventory is stored, where employees are located. I have a sales guy there, do I need to register? All these varying questions come up um, as part of the registration process, which makes it complicated and complex and <laughs> makes it fun, right? Yes, so uh, some circumstances that I've seen is that you know people do their research and they they figure well i have physical nexus wherever amazon has a warehouse so i should just get registered everywhere amazon has a warehouse is it possible to get registered in too many places i mean I, like like let's on your on your business right I mean, you could get registered in too many local, or too many jurisdictions because uh, you don't you don't have a requirement there. So it's important to do like an exposure or a nexus analysis 
to determine do I need to register there? Does that answer kind of what you're going after? Yeah, like uh, what if what if yeah it, you what I'm trying to get at is you need this nexus review. You need this yeah. this next review, even if you've gotten registered and you think you registered in all the right places. It's possible yeah. that you've you've over registered. You haven't registered in enough places, or maybe you haven't yeah. registered for the right tax. Yeah. But in some yeah. some cases, I think it's more often that it's the, that it's the same rate in with with every type of tax, with sales tax, sellers use tax, consumers use tax. It's usually the same rate, but there are circumstances where it could be a different rate, and you could not be collecting the right rate Correct. and if you go under sales tax audit you could run into some issues um, but but this next review can help you know sort out those issues and eliminate um, any problems or mistakes that were made definitely that's what's great about the what's next um, is is determining what what do i do now with all the changes in legislation, you know, maybe it's been six months, maybe it's been a year, maybe you just had it done two two weeks ago um, and you got registered, but doing a, an exposure, not an exposure, but doing a nexus review and, and determining what your business operations are in the state um, will really, really benefit you um, from an operations perspective to ensure that you're in compliance. And just because you have nexus in the jurisdiction doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to encourage you to get registered. I mean, that's definitely what is required by the state. But the next step after determining if you have nexus is, a, as uh, founder Andy Johnson always says, that's where it starts. It starts with nexus. But once you've determined you have nexus, then it's a matter of exposure. Well, what's my tax liability? Is what I'm selling taxable? If so, what's my tax liability in that state? What are the pros and cons of registering versus not registering? Um, so there are a lot of providers out there who are just, whoosh, nope, you got Nexus, register. But we like to take a conservative approach. We like to take a business savvy approach and we'll definitely help in assisting you in determining what, what should I do? Just because you have Nexus, do I go ahead and register? Well, here's the benefits of registering. Here's the pros and the cons sort of thing and help you make a, a good sound solid business decision. Excellent. So yeah, if, if a next review or Nexus review, um, both synonymous, if that sounds like something that you want to get done, again, there's a link down below, fill out that form and we'll get you scheduled uh, for a free consultation to see what needs to be done next. All right. Always a pleasure, Paul. Thanks for being on, being on with us today and uh, hope to see you on another one. Thank you very much.